it's kind of funny how we do Zoom so we see each other. You guys have heard me talk about this when I have a guest on and I'm like in a weird little closet. But I do want to introduce my guest, Erica, and she's going to say her last name because as you all know, I can't pronounce things and I don't want to butcher it. So tell me your last name. It's a tough one. Vertiber. Yeah, same. Vertiber. Okay, so Erica Vertiber. Erica is a biology and a forensic high school teacher, which I think is just so badass. It's not even funny. (laughs) She's a mom of twin girls. She also coaches soccer on the varsity level, correct? Yes. Yes. So I wanted to have Erica on because we met through a mutual friend and initially hit it off. Like we could have talked for hours and hours and just laughed and it was just like so special. And then we started really talking about my podcast and the fact that Erica is a mom and a teacher and a coach. I was like, I kind of want to know what you're like, how are you feeling in this pandemic? Like we have all had such ups and downs, but like coming from like, you have all aspects of like my life, like my kids play sports, they go to school and I'm a mom. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. So if you guys can welcome Erica and Hi. yes. Okay. I'm so, I'm so excited. Welcome to Next Stop Crazy Town. This is Juliet Hahn, and I am the host of this weekly pod. I'm going to be sharing with you guys a little glimpse of my crazy world. I'm a mom of three, and I have two crazy boxer dogs. I will have guests some weeks, and some weeks it will just be me, but I will always be talking about uncomfortable things that have happened to me before motherhood or during motherhood. I just want you to know that you are not alone in this crazy world. Things happen that people don't like to talk about, but guess what? I do. I cannot wait for you guys to join me every week just to get a little laugh. Okay, so Erica and I are going to do what we normally do is we're going to share a quote. Did you get your quote? Oh, yes. This was the toughest part, I think. (laughs) To, To only pick one quote. I know, right? It's true. So here it is. We see what we look for. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you. I want people to ponder that because like, think about that. You see what you look for and that is so, so true, especially in this pandemic. Yes. And that's why I picked that one. And I was trying to think of, you know, what I do as a mom and especially what I do as a teacher, um, really all about perspective. And despite the curriculum of bio and forensics, I'm really one to, I want my students and of course my girls to understand if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Oh my God. If I, you know, you talk to teachers, if I could help one kid or if I can teach them one thing, that would be it. That's it. Yeah. No, I love that. I actually have the chills right now. So mine is going to be kind of, kind of funny because it's, it's not as in depth, but it says, have you ever looked around you and thought I'm too sober for this shit? So it's perfect though. It actually goes really well with your quote because yes, yes, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So okay. So I want to know. So how has it been? Like, so take us back to, and we can. You don't have to go into depth, but like March came and this pandemic happened, and you don't need to give details about like where you teach or you know your girls' age or anything like that. But just kind of from like a mom, a coach, and a teacher. Like, what were you? I think what were you first most nervous about or like apprehensive about or worried or what like came to your mind first? Well, I, I don't mind sharing the personal details as long as it's okay with you. Yeah. It was actually March 13th, which was a Friday. I teach in Half Hollow Hills and I'm at High School West there. Okay. You know, there was the buildup to the coronavirus and I was covering it in class because it's so curriculum, you know, related. Yeah. We were watching it. We were monitoring it. Great discussions with the kids around them. And and that Friday, it was just like, like with everyone, just the rug pulled out under you. When we learned we weren't 
coming back. Right. And at first it was for two weeks. Then it kept getting longer and longer and longer. And it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible as a teacher and it was horrible as a mother because like you're saying, I felt so much for my students and then I'm watching my kids and I'm like, wow, well, how am I going to do this with them? And my husband's a teacher. Right. So everything was just, you know, upside down. Like right. it was so, for a lot of people. So I'm sure your mind was spinning because I, I think building up to it, we kept being like, okay, they're really talking about this. Is this really, like, is this really, really going to happen? And I know in school teachers, you know, and everyone has their different perspectives. So my kids would come home and say things and I'm like, well, I don't know if I've heard that. Well, let's like think right. about the other side. <laughs> like, Right, you know, right. Because I also didn't, I mean, my kids are old enough now, but I didn't want them to be scared. It was kind of back in the day when they used to do like kidnapping things. The terror, yes, okay. You know, I, always I was re- thinking the 9-11 terror alert. Yes, well, those two. And I remember always being like, I, I want to keep my kids like safe and, naive for as long as I possibly can because the world is not. And so, you know, it was definitely, as I said, they're older so they can make their own determinations and stuff. But I was like, well, let's think about both ways. Like, let's not, and they're not like panicky kids, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm very fortunate that they're not panicky kids and they kind of were going with the flow. But I knew that like, it's still, as a kid, that must have a lot on your brain. So you're thinking of your own children and then the kids that you teach, because I know just getting to know you, you're so passionate about what you do. I mean, you connect, Uh, you're such a connector. Thank you. No, but you really are. You, I mean, I know, and you feel like you, you, I mean, we've totally, yeah, you're such a feeler that like you will probably like, oh my gosh, like, okay, I can do this, but let me. It was tough to figure out the best way. And then, you know, the curriculum took the backseat. It was, you know, like you're saying, like, how are these kids? How are are you guys doing? You know, you read a lot and, and maybe people were able to unfortunately, see this in their own homes with their kids, you had to worry about their depression because they are high school kids. They are older. Right. Everything they ever knew is, again, gone. Connecting with their friends in school, everything was gone. And so my concern, you know, became their well-being. And how do you really connect with 28 kids via Zoom, which was new at the time? No one knew what we were doing. And then back here with my own girls, I have identical twins. One is very panicky, one less. Okay. And so that that was tough because I have my one daughter who just was getting very nervous and very upset about things and anxiety. Yeah. You know what though? It gave me, again, fantastic perspective. Right. Because now I'm living it with my daughter. It just gave me a new handle on how to best connect with other kids that are going through this. Right. And that's, in our situation, there was teachers where you could tell that either they were feelers or they had kids. And then you could tell the ones that really didn't. And you were like, hello, just take take a step back and just right. think. I'm sorry that like, you know, w- someone didn't understand something or turned right. something in. And I remember, <laughs> I have to say at the end of it, my daughter, who's a a very good student. The teacher emailed me and was like, so you're having Wi-Fi issues? And we did because my husband was now working at home and we did. There was a period of time where we did have Wi-Fi issues. But I think at this time, it was like not as bad, maybe here and there. She's like, mom, I did. And then she just looked at me and she went, I am done. This last week of school, the last two weeks of school are supposed to be fun. I am done. I'm not doing another report. I'm not doing another thing. And she had churned in everything. She was like perfect. And so I said, you know what, honey? Thank you. And I'm sorry that you had to like melt for me to see that. I will email your teacher and tell her you're done. I mean, she was in fourth, you know, fourth grade. And so 
whatever, you know, it's, I'm like, you're fine. Cause she is, as I said, a good student. I'm very fortunate with having one that's a good student. My, you know, my listeners know I have a, an old, my, one of my children is dyslexic. And so, and then I have mm-hmm. a solid student who is a good student, but has to work extra hard and some subjects, some subjects not. And the, you right. know, this is very hard not being in school all the time. And that, you know, the beginning of the year was a really big struggle for us and it was hard. And I get really <laughs> emotional and oh. really, I'm okay not having control. I'm actually mm-hmm. one of like, people always say that. They're like, you don't mind? I'm like, I don't mind not knowing what's happening next. But if I see my child struggling right. and I can't help them, I get a little like cuckoo. <laughs> Under- yes, understood. And I always thought I was okay with not knowing what was next yeah. until March. Right. I, I okay. think it was maybe too big because I didn't know what was happening in any one of my worlds, personally, professionally, could I go to the store? Can I not go to that? Right. So that was a little bit too much for me. Right. And I think there's many people that have said that because I, I remember we were going at such a speed because of sports and my kids in sports right. that I was out five days a week and, you know, half an hour away at practices. You know, weekends were like waking up early going. And I love watching my kids play. I love, like I am competitive. I love watching them play. They're all very talented. So I like love awesome. that. But I was tired. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So at yeah. that point, I was like, you know, I actually don't mind a little break. Like, I hope I, you know, I don't want anyone to be sick. Like, no, not right. But I don't mind the break. And I have to say, we loved the beginning of the pandemic. Loved it. I mean, <laughs> my husband traveled five days a week. He was never around. Wow. So it was right. like so beautiful. Like all of us connecting and playing cards. But then I got sick and I almost positive I had the coronavirus. I was out for like three weeks, which was crazy. Oh, wow. That's a long time. I lost tons oh. of weight, which I did not need to. I lost my taste and smell. It was insane. Oh. But I could hear the kids and Dan connecting. And I was like, literally mm-hmm. like in like a shivering ball, like with a fever and feeling like oh. such shit. But, and actually Colette a couple of times had called us. Our mutual friend called and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, ah. and she was like, oh my God. And I was like, I think I have it. She's like, okay. She's like, and I'm like, Dan's making soups and just, you know, everyone's fine. I mean, my kids did come in here. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't typically get sick like that. So that's why I'm like, it must've been, I lost my taste and smell, but we didn't do like the antibody test until apparently it was too late. I don't know. So, you know, we might not know. Yeah, it lent itself, you know, again, if you look at it in in a different light, you know, it lent itself to family time and connecting. And, you know, I always say back to basics. We were playing board games and puzzles and, And you know, you hear these stories. Yes. And and I, I love that too. Yes. You know, even in terms of my students, when we were still doing remote learning in the spring, I was like, you know what? We're not doing anything today. Your assignment is to go outside and take a walk. But so you're such, you are such a beautiful teacher. Listen, thank you. I, I love what I do. And it's all about people. And then the older I get and the longer I do the profession, I realize that I couldn't do anything else because the root of my profession is connection and it's helping people. And I've learned, you know, I'm a seasoned teacher at this point, you know, you don't connect with everyone and not everyone likes you, but you try, you know, I'm not driven by the dollar. And that's a a very different thing. Most teachers are not. Right, right. But I mean, I do have to say, because there was, as I said, we like, you know, yes, I had, we had teachers that really stepped it up. But I feel like a lot of times I would hear, and my mom was a kindergarten teacher for like, I mean, 30, you know, whatever. And then I have a a cousin that's a principal in a New York City school. So like we have a lot of, you know, and and I have another, I mean, college professor. I mean, we have a lot of people that have been in the education and I so Mm -hmm. respect it. And I so love, when I see a really good teacher because just like any profession, there's some teachers that are not. And like, you know, one thing yes. that we have come across a couple times, especially with my my child that has dyslexia, 
where they don't understand. And it's because they went into the profession because they were good at it and they loved mm-hmm. school and they don't understand how someone cannot love school and not be good yes. at it. And yes. I've had to fight, be like, dude, listen, just because you got straight A's and then it's like, I seem like a crazy, you know, like just because you got straight A's doesn't mean this kid is not trying. Like, do you understand right. dyslexia? And they say, well, yes, I do. And I'm like, eh, no, you don't. Mm. I can just hear right now. You, you understand the textbook version of it and you've read about it and You've educated maybe right. someone with dyslexia, but if you don't have it, do you fully understand? You know, one of your guests brought something up. Unless she was failing, she didn't think she was getting anywhere or doing anything. So Danny, and yes. I, yes, and I feel like that perspective is so important, that experience. So no, of course, I, I'm going to do everything I can for a kid that has any kind of disability. I just hope it's the best that I can do for them. Sometimes right. it's not. Sometimes it's not me. Sometimes I'm not cutting it, but I'll try it again. Of course. Again, unless you're failing and learning from it, it's not really going to serve you. But that's, so, th- that is so true. And that it's funny that you brought Danny up because she and I went to high school together, as you heard. So Erica yes. is an awesome, she listened to all the podcasts, which I just, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm so touched. I had to do my homework. Yeah, no, which is amazing. And it's funny because we got reconnected, obviously, because of Beachbody. And, you know, she was like drinking Shakeology. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you did this. And then we did like the ultimate reset, which is this like crazy detox. But it was, I didn't realize she was a year younger than me. I obviously didn't realize that she struggled. She didn't realize that I struggled. And so when we started talking and then we both were like, oh, wait. And she's like, oh my God. I like." And then we realized we went to the same private school for a little bit. She stayed there. You know, so it was actually really cool. And her younger sister is the same age as my youngest brother. So like, you know, there's an age difference, but it was really, really cool to see what she's doing. And like, now in yeah. life, like with that project, that science thing. And that's probably like yes. so cool to you because of your background of a science teacher and the, yeah, it's super. Completely. Got got my wheels turning. I was like, well, maybe I can have her zoom into my classroom and be like a virtual guest speaker. Oh my God. She would die. I have to, she would totally do that. Oh my gosh. Because oh, what she's doing with her product and, and the body regenerating itself, you know, and again, I love what I teach. I love my subject. I try to connect it to the students and their lives. And I always talk about how amazing the human body is that it can regenerate. But, you know, he or she is having a, a, I believe it was a topical product that would help the body to heal even faster. Yeah. Um, And this is what, you know, I want my students to hear everything. I love to talk about business and biology because you know what? Listen, I got 28 kids and, you know, not all teenagers love science, but I want to make it relevant. If they have a little business aspect to them, if they're creative like she is and like you are, they can run with bio and something. Right. You know, I want to make it relevant. And so that's what I thought of. I thought of having her as guest speaker. But that's even, again, why you're so cool. I mean, I'm sorry, but you really are. The fact, like, she's going to die. When she listens to that, she's going to be like, oh my God, someone like, it's going to make her freaking day. So that's so cool. And I know she would totally, and even probably, I mean, she's now going to laugh because she'd be like, you you threw my husband in there? He probably wouldn't even, because he's got- Oh, yeah. He's got, like, she does the marketing stuff. He's the, yep. like, the guy, you know, that, whatever, I think created it. So I think that actually would be, like, they would be so, like, floored. And so, like, oh, my God, totally, like, very cool. I'll have the team. I'll have the two of them. Yeah, no, it was really very cool to listen to. Yeah, I love that. So, okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the sports aspect. So, oh, because yeah. I know oh. in our house, it's so important. Like, we all need that outlet. And, like, it's been something I, you know, grew up playing sports my entire life because I was such an active wacko 
old kid that my parents were like, let's get her on the field or get her in the pool or get her somewhere. She can run that energy <laughs> off. And I played two sports in college, most most of my college career. And I stopped and I, I think you I went on the radio. I did all these different things when I realized I was actually good at school and that I wasn't just good at sports, that I actually right. was smart. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to hang up my cleats and hang up that and I'm going to like dive into this education that I never thought that I was good at. And I ended up doing really well in college, which was crazy. But I still have such a passion for sports. I mean, I absolutely love it. So I know for us, like the kids, they're like, okay, well, great, we go get back to school. Like the whole reason why we go to right. school is so we can play our sports. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know guys. That was tough. So my husband and I both coach. He coaches the boys varsity at Hills West. I coach girls varsity. And we were so hopeful and just holding on that Suffolk County was going to play because Nassau had said, I believe in maybe August, that there was not going to be all sports. Right. Suffolk County hadn't yet said that. So we had a September 21st start date. And I got to tell you, we were just holding on. My my girls, actually, my team was ranked number one in the county. Oh, and amazing. We have, I have an All-American player. I have all county players. I mean, we were fully stocked, yes. ready to rock. No doubt in my mind would have taken the county. And and I really feel this would have been the year we would have gone to states. Right. Which oh, would have been chill. the first time. Yeah. Oh. And then it was no sports. And it was devastating to me for obviously my my students, for my players. Yeah. Um, I, totally seniors, get emo- I could totally get emotional right now. Oh, cause... it's I gotta tell you. I'll make you more emotional. So we're supposed to have our season in the spring. Hopefully it'll happen. But my one All-American player, she's graduating early to go to Indiana to play soccer on a full ride. And so if we play in the spring, she's not going to be there. And she's going to, you know, she's going to miss. She could have been a two-time All-American, a a ton of accolades, and it was taken from her. You know, listen, obviously... This was a hard decision for the people that made this decision. The stinger is that upstate played and you had, like you're saying, club sports go on and, you know, kids played through the the summer on their club teams and, and all of that went on and it was okay. So well, that's, that, that made this really sad. That's really hard. I mean, that's why I was, I'm so thankful that my boys have this club team that they play on, but I, it really, cause I was thinking about all the kids that don't either don't have the money to do that. Or don't have like yes. the time commitment. Their parents can't give them that, but they're still talented athletes. I mean, I actually, I go back and I, I always do because I, my high school was really good. We used to, we won states in field hockey and lacrosse like almost every year. And one year oh, my sister awesome. and I were like the two that kept scoring. It was like unbelievable. And they called, we had like articles about the Williams sisters. Oh, that's so cool. And, yeah, it was really, really cool. So I like, like, I mean, cherish those times, but we didn't have right. club sports back then. And right. I still went to college because of sports. And I had friends that were all, you know, high, my grades weren't great. So I was, I was recruited in the beginning. And, and then it was like, okay, we're going to have to go to community college to get those grades up. But then I had a division three school that was like, you know what, you can play right now and we'll just give you the support, right. which was great. Cause that's, I wouldn't have done as well in school if I had gone to a division one that was recruiting me. You know same. what I mean? Yep. So uh, yeah, I was in the same boat. Right. So it was like a blessing. So, but I think about like, Sometimes it still like angers me. I'm like, if, if, like, there's kids that are getting left behind because they can't yes. afford these club sports. Like, when did that happen? When did that happen that you have to be on a club sport to even get looked at? Like, that could be a whole other podcast. Totally. Actually, the, we should totally do that because I would love to talk about oh, that. Yeah. That, that alone breaks my heart. So, this idea that, and like, you know, I guess we, I kind of call it, or people call it pay to play. Yeah. That that became such a big thing. 
And, you know, at a time where people say schools they and, and teachers and, and coaches, there's disparity. We know this. And make sure that everyone gets their opportunity and you're calling on everyone the same. And and all of this great stuff, because we want to open everything up to everyone in, in a great way, then boom, you have elite clubs that, you know, you have to have the money to play for them. Yeah. And so when sports stopped, and we have a lot of educators around us as well. My husband's brother coaches in Amityville. Okay. So a lot of kids there, their school sports are the thing. They're not playing in these clubs right. and they lost their season and they lost their, ch- this was a huge opportunity. Sports are an opportunity for kids. Totally. Forget the social aspect. That's a huge thing. But they lost their opportunity to be recruited, looked at, yes. all of this stuff, scholarship opportunities. And super sad. Super sad because other parts of the country, and that's what I was saying to my husband. I was like, I'm not the type of person that's like gets so pissed about that. But like, I mean, my kids are younger, so I'm fortunate. I mean, my oldest is in ninth grade. So, you know, we were very fortunate. But the kids that are like sophomore juniors and seniors that are yeah. in this area, but then like you go to Texas and they're like having, you know, they're all their sports and, and and other places in the United States are having all their sports and they're still continuing and they never stopped. And yeah. I remember there was a period of time where I was like, before the whole pandemic, I was like, something's going to have to give because we are all just going up and up and up and up and it's something's going to have to give. And I really believe mm-hmm. this pandemic was that. Like school, colleges, it started just getting insane. These kids were there. They yes. were like, you know, I would have friends. I mean, we came from Connecticut in a pretty intense town. So like I would, I knew about all the things that everyone was doing to like, you know, make sure. And I was like, wait, you're starting when? I was like, this is exhausting. Let the kids be kids. Yes. Like, when did this happen? Like, let's just, everyone's going to be fine. Everyone just needs to take a freaking breath, right? Just totally. take a breath. Yes. I feel like we operate at these extremes and you were either, you know, your kid was 24 seven, you know, I have high school kids, their practices are 10 o'clock at night right? and an hour away. Yeah. And, and they're just run ragged or, you know, like you said, then the pandemic happened. It was like, oh, Carpet was pulled out under you. Now you got nothing to do. Right. <laughs> so right, right, right. we have to find the middle ground. We have to find the middle ground. But I do feel like that, oh, that, that, kills me about your your player because then I also think about like Riverhead they were one of the first ones to cancel everything and those kids need that after school mm-hmm. stuff you know they have mostly working parents and that yes I was like oh my heart ached to hear about that because it was like oh my gosh you know that's it's just sad it's sad in so many levels but I do think that there is some good that came out of this I think that there's yes. people that came out with different products you know there was entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that were born from it there was kids that saw a different resilience that they can do so yes. many teachers that realized you know maybe you know what I don't love this and maybe you know hung up the hung up their their teacher you know hat mm-hmm. or yeah. ones that were like oh my god I love this more than I realized I love that this is what I'm supposed to be doing and just I do feel like there's so many positive things, but it is, I'm ready for it to be over. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I am so ready. It, this was nice. It was cute. Okay. Yeah. You know, like moving it along here. You know, it's devastating, you know, but yes, I, I think everyone you, you want, it's funny. My students will ask me that they say, do you think it'll ever get back to normal? And these are kids I've only known since September. So right. only a few months. And I love they're asking me these questions. And, and I said, you know what? Yes, normal in, in terms of, you know, we're going to go out, we're going to go back to the city, we're, you know, going to be able to have 20 people in our house or how many, yeah. what, you know, whatever you want. I said, but, and I do believe this, which is why I say it, the normal is going to be better. 
Right. I said, you know what? We're going to be cleaner for one. Right. We're not going to sit in a doctor's office with sick people anymore. And, and I feel, you know, things got a little bit more efficient. We are a little cleaner. We are a little bit more considerate. We know the value of human connection. Yes. We know what it's like to not be able to go to Broadway, let's say, or go to the movies. Yes, you're going to appreciate those things. all of these things. Yes. So normalcy, I think, will be better. I think I love there that. are professions that can come from this. I feel like we can fix, you know, so many things in terms of medicines, in terms of now I talk to the kids about, okay, we have two vaccines. How are we going to deliver them? Who gets them first? What are we going to do? Right. You know, I want them to think about these things. How could we better law enforcement? How could we help more people? Yeah. So I totally normal, agree with that. You know, normal can be better. That's what I, that's what I And think. I do think I do think the thing that you really touched on that I really really hits home is people realized that I mean cuz the world got real selfish. You know, like the yes. world got real selfish. People got really just like in themselves and I always would say to my kids, be aware of your surroundings. Like I know that mm-hmm. the world is not aware of their surroundings. That's one thing I want you guys to be aware of your surroundings. If you see an old person struggling on the, you know, like with their cart, stop and help them. Yes. Like people just yes. walk by. I mean, when we went, we went to Europe, not this last summer, the summer before, and we were in London and there was a, a woman with a baby carriage and, and a thousand people passed her and no one helped this lady get up the stairs. And you could see she was tr- like sweating. She was trying to figure out what to do. Oh. And I stopped. I said, can I help you? I'll pick up the front. And she looked at me and she goes, oh my God. She's like, I've been here for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And I was like, that's horrible. I was like, I'm sorry. That's mind blowing. I was like, that is so horrible. I was like, I'm sorry that happened to you. And I'm of course, and it wasn't even during rush hour. That happens all the time. It happens in the cities. It happens everywhere. People are just not aware of what is going around them and they need to be. And I think this stopped because now people are going to be a little bit more aware. And be a little totally. bit more like, okay, let me see. And at that same time, I think I forgot another country we were in. There was like an old lady trying to go up like a the the wherever we were. And I was like, I'll stand next to you. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. She's like, I'm just afraid I'm going to fall. And, you know, my kids Aww. afterwards, like, you know, my oldest kind of made fun of me. He's like, ah, I have to help the world. And I was like, <laughs> but he would be one of the first ones to do it too. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. at, w- my kids are aware. And it's because ever since they were little, I was like, listen, it's not about you, <laughs> right? right? Yes, you need to make sure that you're taken care of, but you need to make sure that people around you also, because it's just will make a better world. You'll feel better. Like, just be aware. I I totally agree with you. And it's funny. I also say to my students and my girls are a little young, but you know, after 9-11 and we're always in school, you know, during September and I always, I teach a lot from 9-11 and about it. But I said, this was, again, if you look for it, I said, people just helped people. I said, and that's what it was. And you rushed out and, and everyone was like, what can I do? Yeah. What can I do to help? Can I clean up the pile? Can I make sandwiches for the first responders? Yeah. Like, wh- can I give blood? It was, that's what it was. Yep. And that's I, what I saw. And, and, and know, I would, unfortunately, the news shows different things. And, and I talk about that with my students. Yep. But everyone just, and it didn't matter. You would lend a hand. Didn't matter who, what, what color, how tall, how old. Yep. And that's what it's about. Yep. You know, I, I tell my students, it's about the human race. And if we all thought about that, the human race. Yep. We would probably treat each other a lot better. A lot better. It's true. And I was in the city then during 9-11. My friend and I, we went down and Dan and my brother, we all went down and, and you know, helped out for like, uh, wow. I mean, it was over a week. I was able to take off because I worked for a British company that they got stuck in the United States in the city. 
like for over a month. I mean, they weren't allowed to go back to their family because, you know, everything just shut down. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was a thing where you just looked around and you saw people helping people and being more aware. And then we went away from it for a little bit. Right. And then we're back. So I think, you know, God works, whether you believe in him or not, he, or whatever you believe in the universe, if it comes, it, it does come around and we do need to be better people. So totally agree. Yeah. And thank you so much for coming on. I can't tell you thank how much you. like I love this. I love this connection. And I can't wait to Danny hears this because she's going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe you guys talked about me on my podcast. Oh, totally. Yeah. Nope. Guest speaker, the whole, no, that that is great. I'm honored, by the way, after listening to your podcast that you would ask a teacher and a coach to be part of this. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I I, I really, as, I've, as I said, I've gotten to know you. I like respect you deeply in my soul. And I knew that you would be like, I knew you would be such a positive person, but also be like, yes, there were struggles and this is how I, you know, tackled them. So I love that. So thank you again so, so much. Thank you. Have a great one. Thanks. Guys, if you like what you hear, please share my podcast, rate and review. If you have questions, my email is Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T at nextstopcrazytown.com. We will see you soon. I hope you liked this episode of Next Stop Crazy Town. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in every week. For more information, check out nextstopcrazytown.com.